time, weather, and... Get away from my truck! Who are you? I don't want to buy truck! Get away! Okay, sir. I'm requesting permission to land. Permission granted. Scientology's uh, kryptonite is connection. They focus so hard on disconnection. Why, Karen? Isn't the church Scientology so This is SPTV. There really is nothing Scientology can do about this phenomenon. The Scientology arbitration procedure is merely a witch trial. Scientologists believe that anyone who criticizes the church is a suppressive person. Shelley Miscavige is a very real person, and she is very missing. When you stop people's lives and families, I'll stop too. Welcome to SPTV, and welcome to another episode of the Scientology Spy Files. In today's episode, we're going to go over how Scientology um, found out one of our spies that was working for us. And um, and if you haven't watched the previous episodes of the Spy Files, um, I'll bring you up to speed real quick here in a, a quick summary. Uh, essentially, we escaped from Scientology. My wife and I escaped from Scientology in January of 2005. And fast forward to uh, 2000, the beginning of 2006. And probably in about, it looks like, January, February of 2006, um, I started posting on the internet as Blown for Good. And um, and that was just a name I was using to post different stories about the international headquarters on the internet. And Scientology was trying to find out who was doing this. And so they were, at this time, they were employing several uh, spies, Scientology, Scientologists, that had uh, worked at the international headquarters in the C organization and then had either been kicked out or escaped themselves. These people had been activated to work for Scientology in exchange for being able to talk to their families or uh, getting back in good standing so that they could talk to their families. And um, as well as private investigators, um, at this point in the spy files evolution, we know that um, they were purchasing our phone records from someone at the phone company. They were collecting our garbage. They had private investigators watching our house, and they had private investigators following Claire and I about our uh, about our business uh, during the day. And so that brings us to May 11th. Now, there's two documents that we're going to cover here on May 11th, and the first one is, uh, it doesn't have a title. It just says May 11th, 2006. And here it is. It says blank has been in contact with somebody at blank at 2007 East Florida Avenue in Hemet. The known contacts were on February 18th for two minutes, February 19th for 21 minutes and March 25th for three minutes. Now, the reason they know how long um, this person was contacted is because they have all our phone records. And that's how they know how long the phone calls were. Um, the significance of this blank is that, is, or it says the significance of this is that the owner blank has been servicing Golden Era Productions, mostly sets and props, for about 10 years. 
Blank makes deliveries to gold on a weekly basis, sometimes directly to the castle, sometimes to reception, depending on what he is delivering to who. Okay, now the the reason this is key is almost all outside contact from the international headquarters is limited to just going somebody going to the reception area. So you go into the security gate and you say, hey, I'm here to drop off some products. And they say, okay, fine. And then you pull around to the reception and you just leave this stuff there. Now, obviously, if you have a truck full of items, it's not very practical to just leave it at reception. So in this case, this gentleman was getting access to what's called the Cine Castle. And that is this giant castle building that is where the the production stages and the shoot production stages are so that uh, we could film and we could shoot videos and it was uh it was a sound stage so it was completely soundproof from the outside world now that's also where the sets and the props were built to shoot those films and videos and this gentleman was delivering materials that we used expendable materials gloves glues um you know, different kinds of finishes and paint and stuff like that. He would, we would purchase those from his facility in Hemet, California or San Jacinto, wherever it was. And then he would drive out to the property in his pickup truck, pickup truck, and he would deliver it directly to the Sea Org members that use those products. Now, this wasn't a very usual activity, but because he had been doing this for years and years, he had been doing this when I worked at the property and I was the one who approved the purchase orders to go to him. And we would get, usually we would get something every week or every other week at least. And he was the guy that would deliver it. Um, it's redacted here, but essentially it's a guy who owns a bill, uh, owns a business in uh, Hemet. And then it goes on, the document goes on because now they're, now they're investigating him. Now that they know one of us is in contact with him. Now they need to investigate him and find out everything about him. His full name is blah, AKA blah, AKA blah. He lives at this address in Hemet at a home that he owns with his wife, blah. And she was born in blah. And he was born in blah. Um, Blank also owns property at Blank Address Street in Hemet. Phone numbers found for them are, uh, and then it gives his home phone number and his store phone. And um, so they basically investigated this guy. Now, before we go into the rest of the document, I'm going to just tell you guys right off the bat, um, the gentleman in question in this document has since passed away. He was an older gentleman. And he was a great guy. He was an amazing dude, actually. And through his actions, we were able to get somebody, we were able to break somebody out of the int base. And, um, and this story was told many, many years ago. And um, just for uh, reasons that have since happened, um, I'm not at liberty to tell anything about that person's story necessarily. But he did help this person escape. His his actions, this gentleman's actions, were instrumental in us getting um, this person uh, broken out of the imp base. And, um, and he was in, in Hemet, where he lived and worked. He was known as a really amazing guy. 
And the fact that he helped somebody escape, that he knew what was happening at the property enough to be willing to help somebody uh, get somebody out of there was also pretty amazing. And um, yeah, rest in peace to that dude. Um, Okay, then the document goes on. This is a totally separate thing, but it just happens to be in the same document. Through special collection, we have also learned the following. On April 28th, Mark purchased a wireless VGA to VGA, a WL VGA, for $650 from a company called ACP. Uh, And then they listed the company name. Direct, uh, located at, and then they give the address. This is used for remote computer control, receiving and transmitting and controlling projectors for over 100 feet away from the actual computer itself. This product was then shipped to his P.O. box he has for blah, blah, blah uh, on Glen Oaks in Burbank. Now, um, in case I forgot to say, special collection, it says that starts out, it says through special collection. Special collection is when they, uh, they buy your garbage from the garbage company or they bring a pickup truck and they just take the garbage and dump it into their own truck or take the bags out and then drive off with it. Um, they have all these, um, you can't say in a official Scientology document that we're digging through people's garbage of ex-members. Um, so they say special collection. They also called it the, I think it was the D line is another name they have it for, which means dustbin. Uh, the, all, all, a lot of these um, activities that they do were, uh, uh, Passover or holdover from the Guardian's office, which is what OSA used to be called, the uh, Office of Special Affairs, which is what Scientology call it now. They used to be called the Guardian's office. And that is the um, only group, as far as I know, that ha- holds this special designation of being um, the organization that per- perpetrated the largest infiltration in the United States government in, his, in its history. If, uh, if you want to look that up, it's called Operation Snow White. And they infiltrated many, many, many dozens and dozens of United States and um, uh, intelligence and governments of other agencies abroad and um, to uh, steal uh, documents about Scientology out of their files and replace it with phony documents that Scientology made for their files. Anyway, so they, um, they through digging through my garbage, they found out that I bought this device. And I think it comes up in later documents or there's some other documents that I've seen where they essentially thought the intel that I was putting out on the internet was from a device that I had installed that I was able to intercept some sort of computer signal or, or uh, computer uh, access to on the property. And that's how I was getting my information. Um, the honest truth is that um, this was for an installation I was doing at some lobby of a company in the Valley and it had nothing to do with them. And um, the other thing is that they, OSA, may be watching this and may have just solved how somebody escaped um, over a decade ago, that they never knew how it happened. <laughs> and now that they know that this guy that, they, that we were talking to was involved, that might put enough of the pieces together so that they can know how we busted this person out. And they may have never solved it until they're until Osa's watching this video today. Okay, so that's that document. 
Let's get on to the next document. Also on May 11th. This is a very busy day for OSA. Now, this one's a little bit more complicated. And uh, it says at the top of it, eyes only. So if you're reading this with your eyes, you're good. Um, And this one is 11 May 2006. This is from the deputy inspector. No, this is two. This is very key. This is to the Deputy Inspector General for Legal Affairs Religious Technology Center. And this is from OSA. It's also uh, being sent either through or as well to WDC OSA, which is the Watchdog Committee member for the Office of Special Affairs. And these, all of these posts are located at the International Scientology headquarters in Gilman Hot Springs, California. And OSA, the Office of Special Affairs, is located in Hollywood at 6331 Hollywood Boulevard. And um, I think they're on the... 10th floor, 9th floor, one of the top floors of that building could be 12, could be 11. I don't remember. Uh, It was a long time ago now. Okay. And it says, dear sirs, two new communications concerning BFG are attached along with one new piece of media reach of relevance. Now, um, another quick note is that at this time, I've been posting different stories of what happened at the inter- international headquarters. The story of how mu- uh, David Miscavige played musical chairs with everybody and um, was going to banish all the people that didn't get a chair in this game and only one person would stay. That whole story, him beating people up, him physic- uh, physically assaulting people, verbally assaulting people, people being held against their will. All of these stories I'm writing about and posting on the internet so that Scientology and ex-Scientologists can understand that maybe it wasn't them that was crazy. Maybe Scientology is a little bit crazy. And, um, and so they are trying to figure out who this person that's posting as blown for good is. Now, Mike Rinder, who at this time was at the international headquarters and was holding the post of WDC OSA, that's like the, the spy czar for Scientology, Um, He knew that it was me that was posting it. But David Miscavige said, that's ridiculous. It's absolutely not him. So for months, instead of just coming after me, they're having to spy on me and do stuff to try and prove that it is me, even though it was to, I guess to some people it was obvious was it was me, but to Dave Miscavige, he 100% did not believe that it was me and he wouldn't take that as an answer. So they were constantly having to prove that it was me. And that is a lot of what this document is going into. Number one, the first is a clam bake posting by BFG. The part about the movie is false. And I think this is where I was saying that um, you had to go when, whenever Scientologists uh, would come out with a movie like Tom Cruise or John Travolta. Um, a lot of times, and this at the Imp Base this happened. I don't know if this happened everywhere else, but at the Imp Base, they would buy us three tickets, or we'd get they give us money to buy three movie tickets, and we'd have to go to the movie. We did this for Battlefield Earth. We went to the movie theater with a whole bunch of money, bought a ticket, watched the movie, left the theater went and bought another ticket, watched the movie, left the theater, went and bought another ticket and watched them. So it looked like 
all these different tickets were being bought. No, it was a, it was an outing. We didn't have any money. They gave us the money to buy the tickets and then made us buy three different tickets. Now, I personally uh, watched Battlefield Earth the first time. Not the best movie you're ever going to see. And um, the second time I went and saw Gladiator, which was a great movie, uh, one of my favorites to this day. And then I think the third one, I can't remember what I did. I might have slept. I might have taken a nap for that Battlefield Earth uh, triple feature. <laughs> anyway, um, so it says the first part, the first the the first is a clam bake posting by BFG. The part about the movie is false. The part about telling one media outlet that they could run the story on Tom in exchange for the source of the leak would come from Tony Coughlin of Inside Edition or someone involved in the investigation, possibly Burt Fields' office. Not sure what data would go there, but given the current scene, there could be leaks there. Okay, so Burt Fields was Tom Cruise's lawyer at the time, and he as well, I think, has since passed. Pretty sure he has. Anyway, Burt Fields was definitely in a mix of a lot of different things that were going on with Tom Cruise and with Scientology separate than Tom Cruise, which is kind of weird, but um, we'll talk about that later. There's a, a lot of files that have, um, that have stuff with Burt Fields in them. And that's all I'm going to say for now. And they think there could be possibly leaks in Burt Field's office. Um, and that's where this, maybe this thing could have come from. The second posting is the result of a friend asking Chuck Beatty to put him in touch with BFG. Now, when they say a friend, they mean a spy that's pretending to be a friend of Chuck Beatty. Chuck Beatty was an ex Sea Org member that was also at the Imp Base and at Author Services, the literary agent for L. Ron Hubbard. These are all Sea Org organizations where Chuck was posted at. And Chuck had been on the RPF in Los Angeles or at the Imp Base. And then he finally was able to get out of the Sea Organization. And he was on the internet posting stuff as well. So they set someone up to be his friend which was really just one of their spies. And they asked him to put, uh, put them in touch with me. The second part, the second is the result of a friend asking Chuck Beatty to put him in touch with BFG to find out some data he might have about why this person's wife was offloaded. Offloaded just means kicked out of the C organization. Chuck Beatty gave the friend an email address to reach BFG at, and the address is blank, and they list that. The friend emailed BFG to this address and got the attached reply. The IP address on this email from BFG is identical to Mark Headley's IP address in the recent 20 April email correspondence with Kevin P. We covered that on a previous spy file, and essentially this guy, Kevin Osa, put him up to emailing me just so that I'd email him back and they could get my IP address. And then, um, then this third thing, and this is funny because this third thing is just a guy from the e-networks who contacted them, but they don't know if it's connected to any of these other things. So they just assume that it is. And it wasn't. I don't even know who this person is. I had no contact with him. Number three, this morning, a call came in from Scott Frazier at E-Networks, runs E-Entertainment Television and E-Online. 
and left a voicemail that he is calling to find out who he would send a request to about licensing some of the handout tapes we had given them in the past. He said that these are event tapes, book sightings, uh, parties, and some press events. Before being put through to voicemail, he told Leah that he wanted to talk to someone about using footage from handout tape given in the past on different events and parties. He gave a number to call back, and then it lists his number. The caller ID on the call was this number, and this is mentioned as it's possibly referring to the birthday video. No call back has been done to E-Networks yet. So the person um, that called, this is about some other thing, has nothing to do with it. But the birthday video that they're mentioning is a video that I did leak to the internet, which is a video of Tom Cruise celebrating his birthday at, um, on this, the private uh, cruise ship that Scientology has called the Free Winds. And David Miscavige threw a very, I think, I think I want to say the birthday party cost about $500,000. Now, that's how much we would spend on an L. Ron Hubbard birthday event that was televised and, and uh, recorded and edited and at the Shrine Auditorium. And there was an exhibit hall and all these things. That's how much we'd spend on one of those events. They spent that much on a party for Tom Cruise, just a party. And of course they videoed it as well because we were doing some other events on the free winds right before that. And so they just rented all of the equipment that we do for a normal Scientology event. They just kept it there for a few weeks later um, to shoot a Tom Cruise birthday party. Makes total sense. Tax deductible dollars and all. Okay. Handling. They got to get a. They got to get a, uh, a handling for all this. <laughs> handling a as we don't want to blow the source of number two. That's Chuck Beatty's friend. Um, there are two alternatives on how to get this followed up and confirmed as Mark Headley. So again, remember this is they. Mike Rinder already knows it's Mark Headley, but David Miscavige says no. That person could never be Mark Headley. Use the new Clambake ID newly created. Okay, Clambake is a website called Operation Clambake, which was where a lot of Scientology people would go to find out the, the uh, secret info on Scientology. And also ex-Scientologists would share their stories there and post things about what was going on inside Scientology that was being kept from the civilian Scientologists. Use the new Clambake ID newly created ID is Laura Lee. The following message will be posted on the thread that BFG started today with his posting. BFG, I am ex-Int Bay staff. I left a while back. I've got relatives all over the LA area, most of who are on lines. I've got more skinny on the latest MI3 ticket buying. It's not something I want to discuss here. Email me at Picnic at yahoo.com. And um, this is their, they literally set up a fake ID on an ex-Scientology message board so they could use that to trade info with other exes and get, gain, intelligence, uh, gain intelligence information on ex-members specifically this BFG fella that they're so worried about. 
Alternatively, get someone else to enter into a calm cycle with BFG. That just means conversation. Um, email to the other email they mentioned and have this be someone that is that is no problem blowing. Oh, so that they already know that that person could be outed as a spy. Because I was really good at smoking out their spies. So they have to have it be somebody that I could say, oh, you're a spy. And then that person could then write a report on me and said, hey, Mark knows I'm a spy. Uh, Mark knows I was trying to get some info from him. And then they could write a report to the church. And then that would make the information that they're gathering usable uh, in the court system or law enforcement. Because they can't use... Um, intel that is illegally obtained, like buying my phone records. They can't use that. They got to get somebody to talk to me to find something out and then write a report to them that then um, has that information, then they can use it. Okay, so get someone else to enter into a comm cycle with BFG email and have this be someone that has no problem blowing, i.e. the friend in number two wasn't precluded from sharing the email address and gave it to an ex-SO friend who is really having trouble getting started with work. That person gets the email back from BFG, captures the IP address, feels funny about it, and lets someone in the church know. So exactly, they're, they're gonna do this dastardly thing and be like, oh, I don't know if I should be doing this, and then write a report. Um, and again, Scientology is already gaining the intelligence that they need. They just can't use it for anything because it was illegally obtained. So they have to try to orchestrate, orchestrate and kind of retool the story to their narrative about how they got that information so that it's not like, oh yeah, we're up to dastardly deeds all the time. And we want to tell, we want you to arrest this guy who's doing some dastardly deeds that we've either made up or we've illegally obtained uh, information that he's doing that. B, go back to Tony Coughlin, telling him the cat's out of the bag, get him to confirm enough to nail it to Mark Headley. We will call back, this is, and then C. C, we will call back E to clarify what it is they want. See if they originate that the footage they are interested is the birthday party. Make it a call from someone who will have to check out whatever they are asking about and get back to them. Work out what to do conditional on what the footage is that they describe. So if they, if that basically, if that person answers back and says, oh no, it's event you had at Celebrity Center two years ago, we just want to use a little clip, then they have to have some reason to say, oh yeah, you can use it or no, you can't use it or whatever they want to do. Okay. So let's retrack here. Let's re re uh, re go through this. So Scientology have got my phone records. They're monitoring everyone we're calling. They're trying to figure out who is leaking this stuff on the internet. They're trying to figure out who's possibly going to leak this footage of Tom Cruise's birthday party. And they've got some other rando dude from E that's also trying to show some footage and they don't know who he is. But all of this is happening and you would think that almost all of these things are normal. In Scientology, these things are very normal. Scientology 100% spies 
on current members, ex-members, and members of the media. That is 100% something that they do that is normal. It is not unusual at all. Um, what I didn't know until I got these documents is that illegally obtaining phone records is also normal. Um, collecting people's garbage is normal. And hiring private investigators to do stakeouts at ex-members' houses is normal. Uh, over the years, I would find out about these things. Um, and now, and after reading dozens and dozens and dozens of these spy documents, these Scientology spy files, um, it is super, super regular for Scientology to do this. I mean, Scientology spent $25 million paying two private investigators to watch one guy. And that guy was named Pat Broker. And Pat Broker was the one who L. Ron Hubbard actually turned Scientology over to run with his wife, Annie Broker. Uh, later, she became Annie Tidman. Um, and... That guy told Pat, told David Miscavige that he had OT9 and 10. And so they couldn't find OT9 and 10. L. Ron Hubbard never wrote OT9 and 10. And somebody just brought up recently, I can't remember who it was, but L. Ron Hubbard in the last years of his, of his lives wrote, um, he wrote 10 volumes, actually 11 science fiction books that were hundreds of thousands of words and he didn't leave them OT nine and 10. He didn't leave over a succession plan. He didn't leave anything really of any substance of what was going to happen with Scientology, but he did want to write a whole bunch of books so he could make many more millions of dollars on some science fiction writing right before he tapped out at the end. So um, anyway, um, so that's what we've got for today. Um, thank you for tuning in for another edition of the Spy Files. Again, if you haven't um, watched the previous uh, episodes of Scientology Spy Files, you should check those out. They're pretty crazy. And um, and now that we are done with the current OSA activity that was we were involved with, like we were in the middle of doing all these Spy File episodes, and then OSA started actively attacking me in real life in 2023. So we had to take a little break um, to deal with that. And as that um, evolves and as that progresses, then we'll probably talk about that as well. But for, ne for now, we're just going to keep going with these documents. We do have a birthday party coming up in real life, and we do have a birthday party coming up in the spy files that Scientology is going to have some spies at. Now, um, we'll do those documents um, about my birthday party and about the spies they had at the birthday party. And maybe if you're lucky, we may smoke out some spies at my real life birthday party that's happening on the, on the 21st. Well, it's not happening on the 21st. It's happening on Saturday, which is like if this video comes out on Friday or Saturday, it, it could be the day before or the day after, whichever, um, or the day of actually. And um, so, yeah, that's exciting stuff. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for everybody who watches to the very end. And we'll see you on the next Scientology Spy Files on SPTV. Thank you.